Welcome to episode number 69 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. In this week's episode, I'm talking with Kristen DiCarlo, who I know from the Life Coach School. Kristen is a life coach and nurse practitioner with over two decades of healthcare experience. She not only works as an MP in virtual medicine, but also is a coach for ambitious women who want to overcome the burnout cycle and reclaim joy. So it was a lovely conversation that we had, and we got into her version of the good life and her advice for new business owners and why coaching has been instrumental in terms of improving her ability to help her clients and and also been really helpful for her in her own personal life. So so without further delay, let's get to it. I think you're going to like this and I am going to do a spoiler alert here. We're going to talk about freedom. So if freedom is important to you, you should probably be listening to this. So all right, here's Kristen. Okay. Hi, Kristen. Thank you for being here. All right. Kristen DiCarlo, primary care nurse practitioner. Um, let's get started. I first just introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about who you are. I would love if we start there. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So my name is Kristen. I am a nurse practitioner actually in Canada, Ontario, Canada, and I've been in healthcare for, you know what, I was looking at it about 20 years. So I've been an MP also since about 2007. So a very long time. It's, it seems like when you look back and, uh, I work in primary care and I have a lot of experience. I've done a lot of different, you know, clinical uh, um, scenes over time, but right now I'm actually working in virtual care. I've been doing that for a few years, which I love. And I'm also a coach. So in 2000, uh, 2020, I became a life coach through the life coach school. And so I'm doing both right now. Mm-hmm. What do you, well, this is, we're going to get right into it. <laughs> now out of curiosity, what is, what do you like better? Do you have a kind of favorite out of the two kind of types of work that you do? Or you're like, no, I kind of like equal. Like what's your, what do you think? That's a great question. And my instinct seems like I want to say coaching. I love, love, love coaching, but I also love being an MP. And there was a time when I first became a coach, I thought, will I actually let go of being an MP? But now I won't, I know that. And Truthfully, bringing the coaching into my practice as an MP has been huge. And it's been like, it's increased the satisfaction so much for me in my clinical role because I learned how to communicate with my clients differently. So it also has like almost like up-leveled my clinical practice, I think in such an amazing way. So I just think they're such a good complement to each other. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I love them both for different reasons, for sure. What do you think your patients get out of you being a coach now? Oh my gosh. So, you know, starting out as a, as an NP all those years ago, when I look back, I just think, you know, I sort of thought I knew, you know, a lot more than I did essentially. And I don't mean about medicine. I mean about like life, right? What, how things should be, you know, how people should do things, what are the right decisions. And through time I've sort of been humbled you know, of course, with all the clinical experience, but I think coaching has really allowed me to hold space for my clients, like to just be with them and not need to almost always fix it. Right. So when they're in their emotional pain or their stress or like sharing that experience of just being alive as a human being today, before I would always feel like I had to fix it. And now I know that I don't, right. Just, I can give them tools. I can guide them. I can teach them. I can treat them as an NP, but really a lot of, you know, being a coach and being a healthcare provider, is really just being with clients 
in their humanness for sure. So listening, you know, being able to like sit with somebody and not judge, not assume that I know what's best for everybody and just holding that space for the person to share what's true for them. So I think, you know, as a client, probably my clients are feeling more understood. They're feeling um, heard and seen yeah. maybe in a different way than what is typical, I think, in, in a lot of areas of healthcare, for sure. What made you do add coaching on as a skill set to your you know, professional skill set? Well, what actually happened was, uh, like, I've always loved personal development. I've always been into coaching and therapy and all these things throughout my, like my whole life since I was young, I've loved it. I always was hanging out in the self-help aisle, like really young. I loved reading all of that, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. But, uh, in 2017, uh, I actually think I, I went into burnout for sure. I've been struggling, working really, really long days for a very long time three little kids, you know, the whole thing, busy home life, family, trying to take care of everything. And I burned out hard, hard. Um, and I started working with a coach. I hired a coach and it changed everything for me. It took me a long time. I did try before I hired a coach. I, I tried to, you know, do all the things to sort of heal and feel better and figure out what I needed. I would think, do I quit my job? Do I, like move away. Like, what is it that I need to feel better? Right. Do I need to work part-time? Do I need to not work? Do I need to change my job? Do I need to, you know, change my life? And I tried to figure it out on my own for a long time before I found um, a coach that I hired and it really changed everything for me. So then I fell in love with it even more and I became a coach and that's sort of, you know, how it happened for me. What about life coach school? How did you come across life coach school? So life coach school funny enough I was actually researching where do I go I hadn't heard of it I was researching I want to become a coach where should I go so I was researching and you know how Facebook knows everything I got a Facebook yeah. ad <laughs> yeah. there's Burke Castillo in a Facebook ad it. talking about the model and I was like oh this sounds really cool started listening to the podcast it sort of like for me filled in a lot of the blinks um like with regards to like a lot of the personal development stuff that I've read and studied in psychology and all that stuff over time. It's like, I couldn't really put it in. It felt like, how do I tie it all in? How do I actually apply this? Yeah. And my brain, you know, like I think a lot of nurses, right. Is very like process focused. Sometimes I like, like, even though my thinking can be very abstract, of course, it helps to sort it. So when I heard her talking about the model, I thought, Oh, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, you know, the rest is history. I started listening to the podcast gobbled that up. I started applying it all to my life, seeing huge changes. And then, you know, I thought I'm going to do this. So I was certified there in 2020. Yeah. Okay. And that was through the pandemic. Like that mm -hmm. was an interesting time to get certified too. Yeah, Just was, like learn yeah. coaching in your back pocket, had to have that in your back pocket. Yeah. Well, I left the hospital in 2020, right before the pandemic, actually, like right as it was starting, I worked in cardiac rehab for a long time. It was great. It was it was good, but it was time for a shift. So I, I was looking at the start of the pandemic and you know, I had three little kids. Life was really busy. I wanted to be home more. And um, there was a virtual position that came up. So I started working in virtual medicine, which I, I love. I'm still working in that, that role. It's a private, a private company. Uh, and I work there as a contractor. So I'm actually not an employee. Like I'm, I'm just an independent contractor, which I love because that gives me the freedom to sort of do and pursue other things that I want to be pursuing without you know, the constraints of sort of being an employee. Yep. 
Now, um, so how about right now then? What's the percentage in terms of the business? What's the percentage in terms of the business and what you do coaching versus virtual, you know, telemedicine, that kind of thing? Yeah. So that ebbs and flows for sure. But right now I'm doing probably about half and half. So as the business gets busier, then I, it's always a balancing act too, right? So trying to sort of know when do I step away from my practice to give more to my business and, you know, when do I, um, like, how can I balance it perfectly? And what I found is (laughs) it's never going to be a perfect balance. And that's the way I think it is, right? When you're building a business, you know, before I started this, I thought, you know, I had all these ideas. It will go this way, right? I'll start doing it. It's going to progress this way and it'll unravel the way that I envision it will. And in reality, it's been a little bit more messy than that. You know, meaning like by messy, I mean, yeah, there's some parts that don't go. <laughs> You're laughing because you know yeah, exactly I what I mean. It. Right? Yeah, if you guys really. can't see me. Yeah, if you could see me. Yeah, I'm just chuckling. Yeah. Because yes, of course. Like, I mean, welcome yeah, to being a CEO. Yeah. It's not a beautiful, you know, perfect process. No. And truthfully, you know, nothing has pushed me to grow more than actually starting a business. And one thing I want to say too is as an NP, I think, you know, and, and you can probably relate to this too with your decades of clinical practice too. It's like you you have almost ma- I don't want to say you are at that like the top in your profession. Yeah. Right. And you almost have that, I don't want to say like clout. You have that expertise. You you've been doing it a long time. Yeah. And then when you start a business, so you I for me, I thought of myself, I'm like, oh, this will be easy. <laughs> right. Because whatever I do in my clinical practice, I catch on so quick. I'm smart. I can do all <laughs> you know, you're laughing because you get it. Yeah. It's like this won't be a big deal. Oh no, it's been a lot harder, but a lot more rewarding than anything else that I've done. Yeah. Sure. And I think too, it's like learning, yeah, you know, it's learning the skill set. Mm-hmm. Then it's learning how to be a CEO. Then yeah. it's learning how to um actually use that and combine it with what you already know. So there's a handful of you know, learning curves in there. It's not actually, I mean, interestingly, just one. And so much of it, I think, for many of us is similar to what we've done, right? Whether it's having conversations or being able to get down to the meat and potatoes of what's going on and what's most bothersome. Like I think, you know, for those of us who've been in care for a long time, you know, you can get to the root of the problem relatively quickly, right? Only because many of us have had a lot of practice in doing that where, you know, time's tight. Um, But no, I agree. It's a (laughs) learning curves are steep. And there are several, uh, which is kind of funny, right? Getting into it. Cause I don't know. I agree with you. I don't think I, I thought it was, it, it was going to be that way either. Now, wait, who do you, who do you coach? Who are your, your clients that you mostly like to work with and tend to work with? Yeah. So I, I coach women, mostly women, uh, who, you know, they tend to be professional women or, you know, pretty ambitious women who are just burnt out, right. Women who have sort of checked all the boxes, right. They have achieved a lot of, um, professional success. They have really great lives, but they're pretty miserable, right. A lot of the time they're burnt out, not sure how to shift it. So yeah, I coach women to, to end burnout. It's actually like their lives <laughs> again, right. Because I think that when you've achieved all the things you set your mind to, there's this stream of thinking that then we should be happy right and I think a lot of times we're not really sure what that looks like and even how to create it so yeah the women that come to me tend to be uh pretty busy 
um, not sure what to change. They feel like, you know, they're at the end of their rope. They've been um, struggling with overwhelm, stress, probably work-life balance for quite a while and not really sure what to, to shift to make it change, right? So a lot of them will think that they have to walk away from something in order to have what they want. So uh, the work that we do teaches them how to have, you know, making air quotes here, but you no, know, have it all, right? Whatever that means to you, what is the definition of what you want for your life and how do you create that? Mm-hmm. Or without getting more, I get too, we get, I get a lot of clients who are like, oh, I need the, you know, extra postmaster certificate uh, or yeah. the MBA or the, I'm thinking about getting my doctorate for, you know, all the external validation and um, hoping that that will, you know, give them some sense of like, oh, it feels now I'm, I've arrived. Right. Right. And I think too, for a lot of clients, I don't know if you see this or, or your thoughts, but you know, it's like, and I know I experienced it myself, which is like, you get to a place where you're pretty good at what you do. And like you said, you have cloud or, or, you know, where you're really, you're not only competent, but you're proficient and you are, you know, well-versed in what you do and you've kind of arrived and then what, and then, <laughs> yeah. right. It's like with the kids, you know, you get, We've got the two kids, they, you know, we get kind of figure out a little bit about parenting, although that is an ever evolving game. I'm, I'm learning, uh, as we go. Uh, but you know, you kind of get to a point where like, you get, you kind of like get the, get it down and get relatively good at it. And I think for those of us who are the higher achievers of the world and we want to, and we just go, go, go. And we want to keep the, mm-hmm. you know, um, we, we keep seeking and then, and all of a sudden then you're like, wait a minute, it looks really good on the outside but why do I feel so terrible on the inside? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like that concept of wanting more too, right? Like always wanting more. And, uh, that's not a bad thing, right? Sometimes I think as humans, we want to evolve. We want to grow. We want to, you know, self-actualize whatever that looks like. Right. So, um, you know, the bulk of our first, you know, quarter of life is all about that, right? We have goals. We go to school, we achieve, we get the career that we want. And then the like you said, we get there, then we're like, now what, right? Now what? So how do you utilize that? Like, what does that even mean, right? And sometimes I think that we can't get caught up in, like, is it another degree? Is it another, you know, promotion? But really being clear, like, what do I actually want for myself? That's the first step too, right? Yep. And getting there without that hustle culture, like without, you know, at the ex- like expense, of, you know, of losing ourselves in the process that when you get there, you're just like almost like an empty shell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not sure. Yeah. Or you're so angry on the inside because, you know, you've achieved and achieved and you're finally gotten there and you're like, well, this, what now? And yeah. Oh, it can bring up all a host of emotions. Um, Okay. Tell us what's your version of living the good life. What does that look Mm. like to you? For me? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So I think, you know, it's funny. I was just having a conversation with my friend this morning and then, and I saw your poster, your picture behind your desk and it's a, like a Mm. woman looking at the ocean and you said it's uh-huh. called freedom and we were just me and my best friend this morning we we're just talking about this like what is freedom right I think for me the good life is freedom in the sense that um I have control over my time right that's huge to me living the good life would be is to me having space to do the things that I want, to be with the people that I want, to do work that's meaningful in the world that, you know, lets me contribute to something bigger than myself. And at the same time, 
lets me have the space to actually live, right? So it's not just work. It's not just, you know, living. It's a blend of both, right? So for every person, I think you sort of have to define that for yourself. What I want might be different than what you want. Mm -hmm. Living the good life for me would be travel and spending time with people that I really love, having those really solid, amazing relationships that, let's be serious, take time and effort to cultivate, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else? I know. I'm trying to think. It's, it's I like, I know. I was really actually pondering this this morning too. I just think, you know, I think a lot of the time we can get caught up, especially in the beginning of our careers. Like when I think back to like, you know, when I first became an NP and then I was um, sort of just like living in my job. Right. And it's like, we go through the motions without ever really stopping to think like, what is it that I want? for myself. Like, how do I actually want to spend my time? Right. And I think sometimes we're afraid to do that because when we look at what we actually want, it does require a shift sometimes like, Oh, what I'm actually doing is not actually maybe what I want for myself anymore. So just taking that pause can be really uncomfortable, right? Thinking of what we want isn't always something that's like beautiful and feels amazing. You can feel really <laughs> It's not the, you mean, wait a minute, Kristen, you mean, it's not the, it's not the Pinterest board of no. like amazingly beautiful and perfect. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Does it all just come together? So easy. absolutely. No, no. It's like a messy puzzle with like 10,000 yeah. pieces and half the time you're missing them, right? You're missing half the pieces, but you just, you know, I think really being intentional and I don't know, I turned 42 this year. I just turned 42 a couple of days ago. And oh, I birthday. Think, thank you. Thank you. But I think, um, you know, I don't know if it's just like being in my forties or what, but starting to think like having this awareness of the passing of time is something that I has come up for me lately and really being intentional with it. And I know that not all of the time we spend, is going to be beautiful. Like we have to do a lot of things we don't want to do in life. Right. Right. But you know, if we're not intentional with what we actually want, you know, where are you going to end up? It's like, you just get caught up in the, the tide of life and you end up, you know, in a completely different direction than what you actually want. So what I was saying, you know, earlier in the career, it's like, I never really, it was just like living on autopilot. Like, okay, I'm going to just get married and have kids and work full time. And I'm going to love it. And I did in a lot of ways. Right. But then now I'm like, okay, how do I actually want to spend my days? Yeah. And I think that's what freedom really is to me. It's having the, the ownership over time for me, mm -hmm. for sure. To spend it with the people that I want to do the work that I want in the world that is bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I think one of our, my core value is freedom. And it's one that we come back to again and again for the program too, uh, that there's a lot of the clients we attract or, uh, or that tend to come to the program are usually looking for two things. Number one, freedom and number two, flexibility, because, mm -hmm. you know, they get into systems usually that are traditional models, whether that's in a corporate role or most often um, in a you know traditional healthcare role. And they're not, they're neither, there's very, there's limited autonomy. And then there's basically limited to no flexibility for you know, doing the things for the people that are important to you in your life, whether it's getting to start student day or it's, you know, being able to pick somebody up from school if they are, you know, sick during the day. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the characteristic that I see most of the clients who come through our program, they're looking for some, you know, freedom and it usually starts with time freedom, but then it evolves into like 
what do I really want? You know, it really felt like I was living life on my terms, not, you know, going along with the tide of, you know, just being pulled with the tide. Like, what would it, what would it look like? Um, and, and it is interesting. It's, I think too, when you talk about, um, you know, being in that space where you do all the things we talk about this all the time in your slowing your life, which is like, you do all the things, you check all the boxes, you get all the shit done. And then you're like, now what? Yeah. And I think honestly, while we're on the topic of freedom, a big part of this, I think is like, I want to use the words and I don't know if this is the right word, but emotional freedom. Right. Because I think sometimes it's like, we have these, like, you know, sometimes really, okay. For a lot of people who are ambitious and high achieving, it's like our brains are really busy places. Right. And it can feel like, I don't know, we don't have a lot of control over what's going on in there. I don't know. Right. It's like running with ideas and, and thoughts. And I think like, for me, a big piece of freedom has been learning how to honestly manage my thinking, like manage my, my mind so that I can actually feel the way I want to feel in my life. And not just, you know, reacting to everything else that's going on around me, which is how I live for a very long time. Yeah. At the expense of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think like exactly what you've been saying. And I've been saying is, this is part of why we reach the point of like, like you said, we've arrived, Mm -hmm. we've met all the goals, we have everything, but it's still like, there's just something missing Mm -hmm. or, you know, we don't feel the way we thought we would. Yeah. So I, I think like a big part of freedom is like learning how to to use our brain, you know, in a way that's going to help us feel the way that we want to feel. Um, yeah. And you, I just want to go back to this too. You said about flexibility. Um, that's huge too, to me. I, mm-hmm. Like you said it exactly like my experience, what it was like working in the hospital, even though I loved it and it was an amazing position, you know, compared to a lot of the other positions that were available. I really lucked out with that position that I had, but it didn't give me the flexibility that I actually wanted. And doing what I'm doing now with the coaching business and with the contract work, which is virtual, gives me so much of that, right? Mm -hmm. I can travel a lot. I can work from remote locations. Like I've traveled more in the last couple of years than ever in my life. Mm -hmm. And I foresee a lot more of that. It's what I really want. Mm -hmm. Oh, speaking of which, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm totally interrupting you, but are you going to Dallas? Are you going to Dallas for a mastermind? I haven't decided if I'm doing virtual or in-person. Are you going? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll go. Yeah. I I, want to go. We have so many trips. Okay. And over here in Canada, the kids start school on Wednesday, no Tuesday and mastermind is Wednesday. So I just, you know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to go because I loved it last time in Austin. No, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Tell me where, so what do you kind of, what's the next, what are the next five years look like for you in terms of growing Mm -hmm. your business and, um, where your impact and lifestyle and all that, what does that look like? Oh my gosh. This is so fun to think about. So fun. Mm -hmm. So right in my business, I've been doing predominantly one-on-one coaching and now I'm moving to groups. So I'm planning on launching a group burnout uh, program, group coaching burnout program in September, because what I found with my clients, like, you know, they, they want the community. That's something that's missing. And for a lot of us, right. When our lives are busy, it's like, we feel like some people feel like they don't have a tribe. A lot of us have felt that in some way or another. And there's so much value in community. We know that there's so much research on this, right? So I want to bring these awesome people together and, and do a group coaching program. So that's, what's next in the immediate future is to create you know, more of a group model. 
I'll still keep up the one-on-one because I love it. Um, and I just want to, you know, grow that and sort of let that expand and, and increase my reach as far as um, continuing to do this, you know, very impactful work. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of my personal life, did you ask me that? Like, what is it that I see for myself too? Travel, travel. It's funny. That's always what I come back to. Me and my husband were just talking about this on the weekend. I said, this is my favorite way to spend money traveling. I think yes, truthfully, because yep. like, I don't know how, how old your, your kids are. Mine are 10 and 13. Okay. So mine are eight, 10 and 12 mm-hmm. girls. So it's like, you start to become aware these kids are growing, mm-hmm. right? One day they're going to have jobs. They're going to be in university. They're not going to be able to just travel. And I want to create as many memories with them as I can. So that is a huge, when I think about my why behind my business, that's a huge one, right? To be able to spend the time and travel and have that flexibility and that freedom to do all the things that I want to do while the kids are young. So I foresee a lot of travel, um, you know, staying really active, uh, you know, like much as I hate to say it I mean 42 is young but we are getting older right so you gotta keep up not getting any younger that's for damn no yeah so staying healthy for sure as I age right and again all this takes time and planning and commitment right to staying like uh focused on goals but I want to stay healthy and really cultivate these amazing relationships in my life and just always continue to grow as a person and challenge Mm -hmm. myself and learn and you know I think (laughs) so much of the journey of having a business is about growth really oh, and God, <laughs> I know it makes yeah. me want to laugh because it's just like so different sometimes what you think right but it's very like it's the most rewarding thing but I I and I'm sure maybe you would agree like it is has been my biggest growth avenue in life ever right for learning what I don't really know and becoming you know uh, I don't want to say like I don't love the word like failure tolerant right but like learning how to be uncomfortable and learning how to understand what you don't know, right? And make mistakes and not let it shake you. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I even, you know, I'm fresh in it right now because I'm starting the second business. And so there's lots and lots of mind management that's having to go on, lots of emotions. Um, And it's fascinating. I think even even if I look back on a clinical career and think, you know, what are the hardest things? And I, I always, when I um, talk with clients, I'm like, look, if we can, you know, do codes, if we can do COVID, if we can, you know, run through six or 900 of clinical hours, like I'm pretty sure you can open a business. And, and I, and I think that is true. And I think there's, uh, that's inherently true. And I also think that it's a different, it's a different kind of uh, challenge. And I don't, think I anticipated that either, which is that the growth was going to be so much, um, there would be so much opportunity for growth, not only because you're doing something new, which is the skill of building a business and stuff, but you know, what goes hand in hand with business, as you know, is conversations about money, conversations Mm -hmm. about finance, about, um, uh, about power and stepping in. And I don't mean power over. I just mean stepping into a more powerful role, right? Because you start a business, you are, you are the CEO of that business, whether you want to be or not. Yeah. And you also wear a million other hats as CFO and COO and, you know, so and so, true. and so I think that's where I think it's fascinating because, 
you know, for all the hard things that I've done in healthcare. And I feel like I've done a lot of challenging things in healthcare, but the, the business opening a business. And I think now opening the second one is just the, it, there's so many other big life pieces that I have had to up level, whether, and most of it for me, most of that work, I don't know about for you, but most of that work has come around money and it's come around becoming comfortable with money and budgeting and forecasting and financial health of the business. And, and I just you know look back and think, nursing, absolutely midwifery, like not easy to do a 24 hour call and, you know, to, to manage a shoulder dystocia, but becoming the person who manages her budget, manages her, the finances in her business. And then subsequently maybe the finances in her household and stepping into that role, that is like the work I see for a lot of clients in particular. And for me too, you know, because many of us just don't have, don't ever get, I think, the encouragement to do so in our own lives. And maybe we're never forced into it, right? We see this conversation happen, especially in terms of finances for women as they age, or maybe as their partners or spouses die. And then all of a sudden there's conversations about like, well, I don't, I don't know what the password is to the login information is to the bank or the mortgage because I never had to pay it. And so I think that's been a tremendous um, opportunity for growth that I did not anticipate it. And I would not say it has been comfortable. And it's been totally worth it because I, I'm a shell of kind of, I think my former self in that way. And so, but business will do that to you, you know, it'll give you all sorts of I I think, honestly, I have to agree with everything you said. I think the money thing for me, one thing that has come up when I think of discomfort in the business, it's for sure around money. And it shows you all of your, you know, all of your, I don't want to say like all those deep down fears, right? For sure. I think money scarcity, right? Like I think in the past, that's been something that I've probably like dealt with or like my train of thinking growing up, right? Was always like, okay, I got to make the money. And as an MP, it's like, you get into this role, it's guaranteed, right? I have this like great salary and it's coming in. And, and when you're starting a business, as you know, there's some like up and down, right? There's some ebb and flow and a lot of uncertainty, so for me, money would tie into security, right? And so to step away from that, um, I don't want to say, my brain wants to go like easy money, right? Or guaranteed income mm-hmm. as an NP in my NP role and to step out and take the risk to create a business, which is, you know, especially in the beginning, very, very uncertain. Yep. All of it came up for me and it still does sometimes, right? It's like, it all comes up. Mm-hmm. And it's been a huge area of growth for me where it's changed now is I, I like, I recognize it and I'm not like running screaming from all the emotion. Right. Where before I was like, Oh my God, this is so, so scary. Like, let's just go get another job. Right. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, how can I work through this? How can I grow? How can I learn to trust myself? That's been huge for sure. Yeah. But yeah, stepping into like the CEO role in the business, like the CFO role, the person who looks over the budget, and sort of like marketing overcoming the, yeah, all the, yeah. yeah, exactly. Doing all the things that you don't always want to do. Right. Because like the coaching piece is the very best part. It's the funnest. Right. Yeah. But all the other stuff kind of boring sometimes parts of it. Right. It's like, I don't want to do yeah. that. And my husband, he works from home too. So sometimes in the beginning, I'd be like, yeah, you know, when you have a boss in your MP role, it's like, you have to get these things done. I have clients see they're booked in, you know, in my NP job, I need to see them. There's no negotiating right? where, you know, when I'm my boss, I would joke with my husband. I'm like, you know, my boss tells me at like, you know, 12 o'clock to go like 
sit in the hot tub for an hour. My boss is like, it's okay. You worked hard today. Go take a break. <laughs> yeah, right. A latte on the front porch. Right, right? Exactly. So it's like my boss right. lets me off the hook a lot yes. right, in my business. But that boss, like that version of me has to evolve. And mm -hmm. um, I have, you know, become much more comfortable with the discomfort of doing things that I don't always want to do. And the money piece. It's good that you brought that up. I think that's yeah. for sure something a lot of people struggle with. And we don't always talk about it. No. Money discussions can be really packed down deep, right? Before yep. coaching in the business world, really, I never had many conversations with anybody outside of me. No, not really. I didn't sure. either. And I think yeah. from my, I don't know about you, but my, you know, growing up was like, we just didn't talk about money. No, it just wasn't okay. like, it was, you know, it was, it was either, you know, pretentious or it was rude or it just wasn't socially acceptable. And yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's it. So yeah. So business, so if you're looking for growth opportunities, we should say that I would say I'd put business right up there with parenting. Parenting is such a oh, tremendous yeah. growth opportunity. Um, absolutely. And the thing with parenting too, is the kids grow, they change to ages, right? So parenting yeah. a baby yeah. versus parenting a 12 year old, in your case, 13, right? You're like, wow, this requires a whole separate set of skills. So it's separate. always yep. evolving. Right. Just yeah, like and, and changing hormones. Yeah. We, yeah, they're not. Oh yeah. <laughs> I actually, we were standing in our kitchen this morning and I looked at my son and I was like, oh my God, I think you might be taller than me. And I have maybe at this point a half inch on him, but he is, mm -hmm. his eyebrows are probably just above mine. And I was like, oh mm -hmm. my God. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't, I just couldn't even believe it. I was like, it's like, I'm looking at myself. Cause we, he looked, yeah. he looked alike. And I said, I just thought, Oh God, this is the strangest thing. I mean, you, you just, this is, you're going to be taller than I am by the end mm -hmm. of this. Probably it's inevitable. Yeah. It is just, it's crazy. So yeah. So you're working, right. You're working with different ages. You're working with, you know, daily hormone fluctuations, which are oh, yeah. very interesting, uh, in this household right now, not only from, you know, the children, but also my own perimenopausal. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. That's a thing too. <laughs> that fun? Oh yeah. Isn't it so fun? It's so fun. Oh, lots of, mood. oh yeah. my God. Um, lots of my poor husband. Cause it's just three girls and me. Right. And everyone's very yeah. emotional in my house and it's just, it's okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's, uh, you know, all the parts of you that you maybe didn't want to see before they're going to come up when you're parenting. They they're also going to come, come up in up. business. It's the same thing with business. Yeah. Um, okay. You just gotta what, own it. You just gotta own it. Yeah. Yes. What, what advice would you give to someone who's thinking, well, I have two questions. Yeah. What advice would you give to a number one, someone who's considering coaching, who's kind of like, I'm totally in the self-help aisle all the time because I just mm -hmm. love it. Um, uh, what advice would you give to that nurse who's considering coaching number one? And then number two, in general, I think for another business owner, like what, you know, if somebody was getting started out as a budding nurse CEO, you know, what do you think you, what do you think you wish you knew, or, you know, what advice could you give to them to support their journey? Okay. So to start with the coaching one, who's a nurse who's considering coaching. Yep. I don't know. I feel like if it's something that's in you and you, and you love it. Um, to, you know, lean into that, pay attention. And I want to say, don't be afraid to take a look and see, right. It's scary to think about making shifts. I think and seeing yourself in a different way, but I love coaching. I feel it's a very valuable, powerful tool in my own life and for my clients. So I think if you feel that urge, 
you know, we want to turn away from it. I would say, look at it. You know, what, what can you do with it? It can help you in your, in your current practice. You can use it any way that you want. So I think it's an amazing skill set to have. Even honestly, even I want to say personally, even with parenting, right? I feel like my oh, God, yeah. capacity, yeah, is to parent. And trust me, I'm far, I'm far from a, per- a perfect parent, right? But me too. I think, you know, it's changed the way I parent for sure. And the way that I teach my kids and like almost like coach them through all their, their stuff. Right. But then the other, uh, the other part of your question was what would I tell a, a business owner? Yeah, um, any advice that you give to somebody? You no, know, who- I heard an amazing podcast, uh, I think a couple weeks ago by Amy Porterfield. And I think it was called capacity for zero or, um, did you listen to that one? Mm-mm. Something about, um, when you're starting out, like you're essentially at zero, right? You're at like ground zero, but you may be coming from like, especially, you know, you're like an advanced practice nurse, you're a nurse, like you've been, you might be at the the top in terms of your other career. When you're starting a business, you're, you're at the ground floor, right? And that can be really, really uncomfortable. So I think, you know, getting comfortable with being at the beginning, with being a beginner, with not knowing, with not using the stuff up against yourself. Like, it's like, okay, if I, you know, if I don't know what I'm doing, it's totally okay. I'm learning, right. I'm learning and I'm totally capable of figuring it out. That's huge for me. I don't think I really understood, uh, before I started this, what that was like, I would say I had hardly any tolerance for being at zero because I hadn't thought of myself that way in so long that, when I felt confused, when I felt like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. I had a really high intolerance to that. It was really uncomfortable for me. Mm. Uh, but through time, I've just, you know, I've gotten more comfortable with that. And in doing so, then I can grow, then I can learn. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think the second piece is to persist, like to just be, you know, have that vision in your brain and to be committed. You're not always going to feel motivated. That's for sure. Right. But you know, yep. be committed. Uh, if it's something that you want, no one's going to make it happen, but you, right. So you do have to persist and, you know, make your mind up and, and set it on your, your goal and be open to things unraveling differently than what you actually thought they would. That's huge. Right. <laughs> I think sometimes we have this, like we said before, a really clear vision of what we think it will be. And then we, we take the first step and we're like, Oh boy, this is not going anything like what I thought, but sometimes it's even better than what you imagined. Yeah. I love the, I, I like that idea of the capacity zero. And I, we, we, I, I guess my analogy is that I use and that I'm comfortable with as freshman year. It's like freshman year all over. Oh, yeah. And I remember being in you know high school and, and just being so uncomfortable, at, you know, just because it was freshman year. And, um, mm-hmm. and then that, slow evolution. You know, you get a little bit, a few more reps under your step, you know, by sophomore year. And then by junior year, you're an upperclassman and, and I went to an all girl school. And so we were upperclass women, but we, you know, you get into that junior year and then you get into senior year and you are, um, you know, you're kind of at the top and feeling good and you know, the ropes and, you know, you know, all the tricks and kind of like sneaky secrets and, you know, you know how to get Mm -hmm. yourself around and, uh, and break the rules a little bit, which is super fun, but <laughs> yeah. the beauty is you get right out of high school and like you go into college and it's that you're a freshman all over again and you're learning shit all over again. And so I think, yeah. 
I love that in my business, I'm about, I started my business in 2019, but didn't really have my first client till probably 20 beginning of 2020. And I think just, I keep that analogy like, oh yeah, you're in, you know, junior year, pretty much you're, you know, you're, you know, a lot of the ropes, but you're not quite yet out of uh, this four-year cycle of just kind of growing and that discomfort that comes with being a freshman and sometimes, you know, being made fun of or being, you know, just being feeling so uncomfortable because you're just not in the loop and you're not in the know. And, you know, it's like a whole new kind of whole new setting and stuff. So the more you can be comfortable with that, the less you're afraid of it, right? Then you take those risks, you take the next step when we don't really know that that's normal to be afraid and to feel uncomfortable. Then we're like, Oh, something's gone wrong. Let me just go back to what I was doing before. Right. I want to say this too. The other best advice is the best advice I could give you is to have those people in your life that are rooting for you, that community. I think when you're in business, like a network of other people who own businesses who are doing the same thing, even if it looks different than you, right. Just somebody who's there who almost like can like get it right. Surrounding yourself with that community, I think is such a powerful, um, like agent in change, right. And growth. If like, if you don't have that, I think like find it, right. It's really, yeah. really important. Uh, I think to have those people in your life who are there to tell you the truth, right. To be your sounding board, to listen, to learn from. Yeah. Can yeah. Really, really propel you so much faster. And I think too, to save your marriage, because <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. right. So, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's, right. It's one of the things that I think I learned early on, which was that I wanted, I, it was a good question to ask, like, what do I want my marriage to be and my relationship with my partner to be? And do I want that to be in any part about business? And mm. if it needs to be about business because finances are intertwined or because of the way we run our household, then what percentage and how do I keep that as minimal as possible or really carve out the time so that that portion of the relationship, the primary relationship, which for me is one of the most important ones I have, that that really takes precedent. And then there's the business and then there's all the people around to support the business elements, the growth and the bullshit and all of the, you know, fear and the scarcity and like all the like, oh my God, digital marketing, I'm in Facebook jail. What the <laughs> fuck am I going to do now? You know, I mean, it's just right. Like, it's like, it, 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 and that's actually something I didn't, it's funny. Even if I look back on my career, I don't think I had that. I don't, I think I had probably a social network and a network, certainly of a community of midwives when I was in clinical practice, but I didn't use them in that way because I think so many of us were burnt out. And so mm -hmm. in like a total shit storm, uh, dumpster fire of negative thinking that it was hard, right. There were like few managed brains. Yeah. At that point. Oh, yeah. So, so community in that sense was like, it was a lot of, um, probably bitch and moan sessions and a lot of just, you know, uh, like, you know, the more of the negative stuff rather than having that community that you, you know, relate to and that you call up and you're like, wow, I had a really bad children's social last night. Holy moly. Like, let me tell you all about it. And they're like, tell me all about it. And you're like, and then she did this. And then, you know, I'm having that sort of support, I think is so important, not only for us, you know, in terms of the work we're doing, but I think to maintain all of the other important relationships and not to, um, would taint them, so to speak, with like this other stuff. Do you know what I, I Such a good point. Yeah, such a good point. And I think that's a learning curve, right? For me, it's a balancing yeah. act too, because like sometimes I'm thinking about work a lot, right? So even like 
you know, all the things I teach in the burnout, I'm still learning them, right? So like, I know what works, but I still have to constantly check myself. Like I can tend towards overworking. I can tend towards like thinking about work all the time. And then, like you said, talking to my husband about it constantly at 10 o'clock when we're sitting down to watch Ted Lasso, I'm like, Hey, I gotta, you know, this comment, you know, like I got this like email or, you know, I want to bring it in all the time. So I think like, that is such a good point that you just made, right. Is having even like boundaries to some extent over, you know, um, let's preserve the primary relationship and keep it, you know, separate from, and not that it has to be right, but keep it separate in some ways from, from business so it doesn't all blend all the time right yes yeah no that's not it would probably and I guess it would work it just probably would work for some people I think for me it's not you know it's one it's not a it's a non-negotiable anymore and it doesn't it it didn't work and I don't think it does work for me and that's the key right like that's you got to find whatever like we were talking about earlier you know you kind of got to find what your version how you create your version of the good life and if it for you involves making sure that the relationship between your, your beloved is sacred and, uh, and, and, you know, in its own category and not to be disturbed with all the other nonsense or, or happenings of, you know, the business or work or whatever, then, uh, then, then it's probably a good idea to make sure you prioritize keeping it that that way. Yeah, I agree. Want to maintain your version of the good life. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Any tell anything else that you think would be useful or that you want to share or you want people to know either by you or your business or coaching. Anything else? Yeah, I think you know. Uh, again, just knowing, like again, I think. I keep going back to this, you know, especially after discussion, is having you know that community can be so powerful. You know, whether it's friendship or colleagues or like coaching or even what, like you offer in, in your program there and like just having those networks is is such a powerful um avenue for growth for sure and coaching I think as a tool can be utilized in so many different ways too right so I think you know if, if coaching is something that you're interested in I say I say go for it right I think it's a perfect complement to the skill set of a advanced practice nurse that's for that's for oh, sure yeah if people want to find you or reach out to you or, you know, connect with you, how, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Kristen DiCarlo NP. Uh, you can DM me on there. I also have a website, Kristen uh, where you can find me and all the information about my upcoming group. And uh, I'm on Facebook too. I'm a little less busy on Facebook uh, than I am on Instagram, but um, I am on all the socials. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, thank you for coming and just sharing about what you do and, and coaching. And I love, love talking with another coach and another, in particular, another um, nurse who's combined, you know, coaching plus nursing and what we do and, and made her own version of it. I think it's astounding. And there's, there's so many people who listen to this podcast who I think will be really, they will get a little bit more insight into what it, what it, what could be possible if you combine the two and you're mm-hmm. an, you're an extraordinary example of that. So thank you for that. And just sharing. So, thank all right. Well, me. and you know what, if you, if you are, if you decide to go to Dallas, you let me know. Cause I've got, my, I, will. I bought my ticket. I've got my flight earmarked and I actually need to get in there and book a room because I, that's, that's, that's going to go quickly. And I want to make sure I get a room there. Yeah. So that's yeah. Okay. Possible. I will let you know. Yeah. Thank you, you, let you me so know much for coming. Me. Yeah, I will. I will. Thank you so much for having me in. You're welcome. Nice to see you. Take care. Yeah. Nice to see you. Bye. Hey, if you're ready to live the good life, I want to invite you to join Nurses Living the Good Life, my group coaching program for women advanced practice nurses, where you're going to learn how to do good work in the world and do well for yourself using my proven formula, a coach approach. Best part, it's risk-free. 
you're either going to learn how to create your version of the good life, or I'll give you your money back. Just head over to www.nurseslivingthegoodlife.com and we'll see you inside.